And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of The Beats, brought to you by DirecTV. Get your TV together with the best of live and on-demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Gotta get that in there at the top of the hour here. I, of course, Nick Bumgarner along with Brendan Quinn. Week one of college football, officially in the books. Brendan watched some of it. So did I. Yeah. We're going to talk about it today. How are we doing? I am tremendous, Nick. <laughs> it's Big yeah, weekend it's of golf. Yeah. It is. Uh, Solheim Cup in Toledo was the shit. Great it, time. It was good. Coverage situations were not ideal, yeah, okay. but well, the cup, the, the event, event itself, good. it was one of those things like when you you actually get to go to. Uh, it it kind of blew away my expectations. So yeah, very very cool event. Uh, big defeat for the Americans, though. I'm sure you're. Yeah, it didn't go the way you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know until you told uh, me before we. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> So, in any event, that'll be saved for your golf podcast because we got uh, college football to talk about today. Yeah, football, man. Your favorite sport. uh, Was it me or was it interesting? It felt like it all just went right back to the way. Um, It was like crazy endings, crazy coaching decisions, you know, just like immediate hot takes. Fire this guy, fire that guy. This quarterback's uh, going to win the Heisman. This quarterback sucks. I think it's the fans th- in the stands. It it I, it did feel like kind of a time machine. I think that the emotion that is added with the fans is definitely something that we lost last year, obviously. Yeah. So that yeah. probably did fuel the takes, but I think you're right. Like because I did There seemed to be a lot of like a lot more overreacting in like moments <laughs> that I noticed mm-hmm. last year, which was very much more familiar. I'm just talking like general across the board, you know, not just the Michigan-Michigan State games. I'm talking, like, other games if you're on Twitter or you see a crowd or whatever. It just felt like it was more of a... Yeah, it felt like there was more on the line. I, there wasn't, but, like, it felt like it's the fans, obviously. It's the emotion and everything else. It's crazy. Yeah, like I just felt like last year, like, everything was just kind of... It was subdued. weird. Yeah, yeah like no. it was kind of like a simulation almost. You know what you know? it was and... too, I think, for people at home? Like I think I think it was like this for us. Like we talked about this a lot when we would go cover games. And I know it was the same for you when you got into hoops. Like you were at the game and you are like, what the hell am I doing here? Like what are right. we doing here? <laughs> Why are we like going through like all these like hoops to yeah. get this game in? Like does it need to get it? You know, like what are we doing, right? And I think people at home 
possibly maybe had the same like why am i like getting real into this like is it necessary for me to like cut loose and let her rip on a college football saturday maybe i could be a little more stable well you know what ladies and gentlemen we've been through enough bullshit over the last however many months i think this saturday they were like fuck it i'm gonna (laughs) enjoy this like i used to and that's what it felt like because walking around campus and everything else yeah it it looked at you're right it looked exactly like it did before we left it, it was one of those things where that just it was complete kind of uh, like the yeah. the beauty of college football is the absurdity. Yes, right. Of it. Yeah, the and chaos. like week one, yeah. week one, top to bottom absurdity. You know, All thankfully not related to Michigan, Michigan State. Right, like those yeah. things just kind of <laughs> we went. We had stable went games. At, went yeah. oddly as planned. <laughs> right, but that's what it was. It was just bad. but last year too was crazy. But you had all these people that were like. I don't know. Like there, there were be there, the the football fan of last year was more sensitive than yes. you're used than you're used yeah. to seeing the football fan, the college football fan especially. Perfect. The, said. the NFL, the NFL fan did not care. It was immediately right back to, you know, fire these guys first quarter Absolutely. of the NFL season. The college fan was a little more sensitive and a little more rattled just by everything that was going on because it was a weird year. This feels more normal. So we're back like, at it. Away dude, we go. Th- Think of the uh, – there was this general uh, almost get-out-of-jail-free card for on the it college really was. side. Of, yeah. Like how many coaching change, like how many coaches were outright fired last year? There were more than I think that I thought there would be going in. I, you know, I remember going into the season thinking like – you think back to last August before the Big Ten canceled the year or whatever, like July even, 2020 of July, like July 2020. I remember thinking that. Like is anybody going to fire their coach? Like did everybody just get like, a free year? And there were a couple. Right. But I think a lot of places – didn't restart, you know, there weren't that, ma- there weren't so, that many, yeah, were there? I don't think it was a ton. I think the carousel no. was pretty limited. And meanwhile, NFL side, know, it was both, of our, yeah. both of our teams, <laughs> nothing changed. Right. Everything was right. I mean, the Eagles. No problem. Fired their head yeah. coach and booted their long-term yeah. starting quarterback. Lions. <laughs> Lions didn't even wait <laughs> to the end of the season. Lions, did it? Lions did the same thing. Did it mid-season? Lions, so like. <laughs> Fired their coach, got rid of their franchise quarterback. So, so NFL, yeah, NFL to me felt way more normal, way faster last year. College never felt normal. It felt mm-hmm. weird and awkward, and like, what are we even doing here? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, it felt like that to me pretty much all year this year, as we were mm-hmm. leading into the season. There was still some of that for me, where I was like. I still was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I had the hangover maybe from last year, but then, yeah, you go out there and you watch it and you see the, and you see the stadium full, the stadiums full and all the stuff. And yeah, I mean, it, it all came back. It was a, uh, it was a fun day, fun weekend. I should say that's that, that annual, you know, that Labor Day weekend of college football where we get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, you know, with no NFL. So right. very cool. Everything's back and feels like, uh, like we said before, I think last week or on the prediction show, a season where football is the main event, you know, where fo- the, the games are the topic now. That That's what we care about. We're not going to mess around with anything else or worry about other stuff. We're back to worrying about, you know, just what's on the field. Look, the, the main event was in, was women's golf in Toledo. Well, so other than that, the but, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, were you – did you were you at Michigan Stadium? Uh, Michigan Stadium, yeah. I was there uh, Saturday. You, I, you went I to the Michigan game. You were yes. not there for the Michigan State game. Yeah, I did. So we can, we can start with Michigan State, though. Um, as it happened Friday, if you want, you watched all that one, um, and then I know we get questions at the end, so we'll talk both here, and then we'll get into the. Uh, I predicted Michigan State to lose, so uh, and I told you that my, you were my, wrong, my, <laughs> and I told this, you why you were facts. wrong. 
These and, are facts. And I told yes. you why. I said you were overvaluing the defending Big Ten West champions who lost their entire roster. So, honestly, all things considered, I think that game for Michigan State went about how I thought. No, we talked about that. Like, I thought that was a really big, big game, you know, for them to go out and prove a couple things to themselves, mm-hmm. settle themselves down, and beat a team that, frankly, I thought that they had a talent advantage over. Like, I thought Michigan State had better players than Northwestern, and when I went back and watched it again, especially in the lines, you know, that held up. And I think that maybe we wouldn't say that last year when they pulled that upset, you know, over Northwestern, but I think that anybody who goes and watches that game back from Friday night, you know, that looked like Michigan State being a much better team than Northwestern physically on the road, and that it bared out the entire game. That was a big step for Mel Tucker uh, and the boys there for um, for a lot of reasons, I think, as they get going here. Did you... Uh... I mean, I know that you were higher on Michigan State's talent than Northwestern. In that game, but, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, look, let's. I, I kind of go through a couple things. Like Kenneth Walker, what was? Yeah, I, I, don't I mean, pretty good. Quite saw that coming. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, they all did. Apparently, uh, they all talked about how you know this happened every day in camp or whatever else. But no, I mean. Kenneth Walker was a guy that we talked about in the spring, and I actually watched him, uh, Colton and I saw him with um, when Wake Forest played Michigan State in that pinstripe bowl. At least yeah. I remember watching his tape or whatever. So you kind of knew that he was going to give them something they didn't have, I, but I think that it was still a little surprising to see how much more there was there. He was faster on the edge than I think I thought he would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, the speed was what kind of got me. I, I couldn't yeah. tell if, like, was it's one of those when you're watching it, you don't know what the hell you're looking at, right? Like, I'm like, shit, is Northwestern really slow, or is this dude well, really fast? I mean, they are slow, but, like, it was also, <laughs> he's got more juice, I think, than I thought he had, But I, and I don't know if that'll hold up against every team they play, but what will hold up is his vision is just outstanding. I mean, a lot of those big hits that he had, um, he was taking, like, a crack and turning it into something completely different, right? right? We saw the same thing from uh, Blake Corum, we get to him in a minute, but, like, Walker yes. was doing something similar where, and I thought Michigan State's front did a nice job. They had a really nice game, uh, especially on the ground, but it didn't, he didn't need a lot. You know, it would, there was one in particular where I remember something we haven't seen from Michigan State back in a minute was I think he got through the line of scrimmage, you know, gets in front of a linebacker, makes one cut, beats a linebacker, and then makes another one and beats a safety. And then he's like all off into these open mm-hmm. spaces and it was two moves. It wasn't just one cut and go. It was like one cut. Now you can make another move and go. And like we've seen backs come through here in the last couple of years. Like I thought Elijah Collins could maybe get there in time, but it wasn't going to be with the speed. It was going to have to all be his eyes. Um, Walker has the speed and the eyes. So, I mean, like I think he has the ability to be a weapon all year. I mean, I think that if the line can stay healthy and everything else, um, you know, he's definitely a guy that has the confidence, as you saw, not afraid of the moment. Um, other guys are going to want to play up to be on that level too. You could tell we talked to him on um, Tuesday before they played. Uh, he came in and talked to us uh, the first day that Mel Tucker had his presser there this year or this week or last week, I guess. And he was a you know mature kid that carried himself like he's been there before. And for that team, I think that's pretty important. What I mean, the you brought up the line. Yeah, it basically controlled things. You know, for against a, a Big Ten opponent. Uh, is that ahead of Yes, schedule? I think it was good. I think it was, if it's not ahead of schedule, it's exactly where, you know, Chris Kapilovich would probably say, like, I really want it to be, <laughs> you know, like here 
what Your we're guy. done with week one because <laughs> a couple things, and I'll say this is why. The main reason, when I watched it back, and I went back and watched all Michigan and Michigan State offensive line uh, run reps, and I'll write about that later in the week. And I, it's a normal normal way to spend a Sunday. I charted it here. I got the whole... Uh, wow, that is handwritten for the <laughs> folks at handwritten. home. So we Nick did. just showed me a piece of I paper graded, that had a bunch of shit I haven't done this. It. I haven't done this in a while, actually. But I graded... No, nah, i got to go back through. I actually have a couple, a little more time now in the next day or two, but I'll go do the pass reps. But I graded them all, and I wanted to see how both, you know, where they were. Because we talked about that. Like, both Michigan and Michigan State, like, the lines, it was a big year for both. Michigan State, I wanted to see J.D. Duplain because I, I think he's the guy. Everybody talked about Horst, the tackle they brought in. Yeah. Duplain, for me, is you know, he was a younger player that got time early uh, at the end of the Antonio era, is a really talented kid who I think has as high a ceiling, if not higher, than anybody in that room. And I thought he was their best lineman, I mean, in the run game. Duplain was moving people. The first big hitter that uh, Walker had, Mm-hmm. Uh, Duplain roots a guy out and like pancakes him into the ground and it's like a seven yard. I mean, just kicked his ass. So I mean, like right. like like a real Big Ten guard, like an all Big Ten level. That he had moments where he looked like that type of player, which for me was like that's a big sign because he's the type of guy that you want that to kick in. Now he's at that stage of his time where it's like, okay, check him off. He's going to be good. You don't have to worry about him. Uh, they brought Horst in uh, from a lower level. He held up and did fine. Um, although he didn't finish the game, I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And then you got Matt Allen and Samak, the younger uh, center in there too, both hanging in. So, I mean, like the younger guys and the question marks that I, in terms of the high ceiling stuff, pretty good. I mean, there's still question marks, I think, in terms of pass pro, but they were moving people, you know, they were they were getting pushed consistently, they were finishing blocks, and they weren't, you know, all falling off the way that we've seen in previous years. So I think there was a lot of growth there, a lot a lot, a lot uh, for a week one to be encouraged about for Michigan State, yeah. It's, it seemed to me that if if the running game, I mean, obviously, like, Walker's not going to do this, right? All, no, all, yeah, all probably the not. Time, right? That's, that's <laughs> not happening, right? But, you know, if – and uh, some of this applies to Michigan, right? Yeah. Which we'll get into, but, like, if the line can just be, a, you know – a Effective that way, not not just kind of hold the line, right? But actually be good, yeah, right? and give you yeah. a running game. It just gives Thorne so much more leeway to grow mm-hmm. into the role, right? And not feel like he is in a fire pit where if he has three bad series because his line is dog shit, he loses the job and then everything falls apart. Yeah, and everything right? like falls that, apart. Yeah, right. That's how it happens. Now you get a, a quarterback who every time they drop back, they're looking for you know the 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 escape route as opposed to well, yeah. being able to to actually be effective. Their entire you know method of winning this year is going to be a recipe or whatever will be you know defense first. It's going to be about taking away the other team's best stuff offensively and then not making mistakes and being really efficient, you know, when you have the ball. And that includes you know, hey, like I mean in some ways in terms of just pure strategy, now they run a different offense, they run a different defense, but in terms of like game management strategy, this is not any different than the end of the D'Antonio era. It's play defense, and every drive that you have with a kick, don't ever turn it over and have less mistakes in their side. When Michigan State does that, I mean, they still have the type of kids in the program, and I think Tucker recruits similar players, because I, I know he does, because D'Antonio and he are from similar 
coaching backgrounds. They have tough-ass kids, man. Like, they have mm-hmm. tough kids that if you just get them to a point where you can get them, get the fundamentals down, you know, get a consistent effort down and, you know, a mental win there in that sense, they're going to hang in there and annoy you, if nothing else. So if you can get all those other things squared away, like we said, get the defense shored up. I think they have talent there. If the offensive line can hold up, it gives your run game a chance to take pressure off Thorne and gives him a chance to be more comfortable, which is the other thing we haven't talked about yet. We, I think everybody assumed that if it was close, it was going to be Russo over Thorne. That is not what happened here. I yeah. Think it's definitely notable that they picked the younger guy, in Peyton Thorne, which, which I think says a lot about him. What's your read there? Well, I think it tells me a couple things that... Well, it's two things. One, yeah. Russo isn't as good as they thought, maybe. Maybe they, you know, maybe it was one of those where they brought him in and said, okay, well, if he's really ready, we'll give it a whirl. And maybe it's Thorne was better than they thought. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But what it definitely tells me is that Thorne, by a probably sizable margin, was, was QB1 in camp. Uh, mm-hmm. To a point where they couldn't look at the team... You know, and basically be like eye to eye and be like, look, we're picking the other guy. <laughs> like, because that happens sometimes, right? Where you see a guy like that's clearly better, and, not I win mean, a it, job. You know, it's like. Could uh, also be the way the team, like, my read on it was right. if they're even, you know, Thorne was there. And this is, the, and it's a new guy who comes in from another place thinking he might walk in and get the job. You know, if the team responds to one more than the other, you can't ignore that. And they seemed to yeah. play. That looked like a cohesive team that yeah, you know, oh yeah. It, they knew what they were doing. Was responding to leadership on the sideline, yes. on the field, right? Um, pretty damn good for week that one. That was a very good first step in year yeah. two for him, and a necessary yeah. one for all the things we talked about. Like they proved that they could hang in together. They fought through a couple hiccups. Like they just looked like a football team. They looked like the best version of themselves that we saw last year, you know, all the moments that we would see from them, you know, put together for a full four quarters and they finished the game. You know, that's another thing too. They played the full four. So talk me out of this thought. Okay. My, <laughs> my, op- my optimism, I am, uh, tempering it. Yeah. Yeah. You should temper it for sure. Of mainly because like my recency bias of, thinking that Michigan was legit last year and then well, like a literal, literally a week later being like, oh, wait, no, they're dogs. What happened? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I, I don't get this sense with this Michigan State. I, I, I don't think they're going to go and win eight or nine games, no. but I think they're going to be better than I thought they were. Probably. Um, they have a ch- Yeah, I think that that's the thing I think you saw a lot of people probably come to the realization uh, with, that maybe it'll be a little more familiar to what you're used to seeing. Maybe that's what I would say to people. Like, because I don't know, it's very possible Northwestern sucks, right? Like right. I mean, like that was something that I was like the whole off season and entering, especially we got closer and closer. And the more I looked at it, I was like, look, Michigan State, uh, their roster is way better than you would probably think if you looked back at last season and just looked at what it was. If you really mm-hmm. look into it, you're like, they've got guys on the team that are going to make them better just by being here because of the way they played. And then Northwestern, it was the other way. So as we go forward here, that's why I'm super interested to see like. No hangover this week. Take care of Youngstown State. And then in two weeks, you go to Miami against a team that has talent on the road, and we see what you're made of. Like, that's what I want to see from I am now extremely fascinated to see two right. weeks from now Michigan State at Miami, provided they get through, you know, this weekend and don't have any fallbacks because, you know, like you just you just mentioned it, that week one to week two thing in college football is like, 
it's a phenomenon like nothing else in sports. Like one team, one team can look <laughs> like they have, they're about to win a Super Bowl, no shit, and then the next week it's like they've never played. So uh, Harbaugh just said that yesterday. He's like, you guys don't realize it. Week one is hard to prepare for. Two is actually way harder. And he's like, because a lot of stuff sort of changes that you weren't expecting and get through this one and then suddenly, yeah, I mean, this is what I was sort of wanting to see. And then we'll have that discussion about are they better than... I thought they were going to be. I don't know, but I think they're going to be closer to what. If you're a Michigan State football fan of any capacity, this team is is going to be closer to what you're used to seeing than last year's for sure by a lot. Right, and you're going to have two teams in totally different traffic lanes. Yeah, for that, right. you know, we'll talk more about the Miami game next week. But just to kind of get into it here a little bit, like, all right, so M- Miami just played an NFL team and got it right? and, and, down. and yeah. now and now they get to say like well we're not gonna play anyone as good as that yeah again. now they get to you pick know? up the pieces after getting right. savaged <laughs> and say so that happened we learned a shit ton about ourselves blah, 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 and we blah, also here. feel like shit about ourselves so there's that yes <laughs> but now they get to go they'll play App State this week App State you know typically a decent program but you know, yeah. you know I, I don't yeah. I don't this is kind of not a breather yeah if they go and reestablish, you know, what they're supposed to be in the App State game, mm-hmm. it, now you get into Michigan State saying, now it becomes time to make up for what happened against Alabama, yeah. right? And it's, okay, you get a, a Big Ten team on your home field, let's go, let's go yeah. show something, right? Yes. So, I, Michigan recipe, State, meanwhile, walking out of the Northwestern buddy. game is feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. It is very so, possible that the atmosphere in the air that night might be right for a big one for Mel Tucker. Because all the things you just said, right. Miami could be like puckered up in that mm-hmm. game. Just please don't blow this, right? Like we yes. have everything we wanted. Like uh, we're talking, we're going to have to get Zimmerman on here. Uh, he's a big Miami expert on this Let's one. He, he's going to be, ch- if hey, 2-0 Michigan State going to uh, whatever Miami is at that time. Mike will be chewing glass before that one enters. <laughs> you know he will be. I mean, he can say whatever he wants, listen on the back end here, but like, he's a, I, they'll be nervous possibly, right? Like, I think there's there's an avenue here. So you got, if you're, but if you're Michigan State, you got to keep your confidence up and keep playing because there's still a lot, you know, a lot they have to overcome in terms of depth and all the things that we talked about all summer. They still hold up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What did you think about Tucker in, in that? Um, in I that thought game? it was it, it was uh, about what we – it was what I expected. It, it was exactly what I thought would happen. That's why I know you said you were surprised when I picked them to win that game. Sure. I picked them to win that game simply 
I mean, he's the reason why I did. Because, I mean, I, he is... We did a story, and this is why I think this. This is part of the reason why I think this. And I've obviously, Mel Tucker's a guy that, over the years, his name always comes up, right? He knows everybody. He's, like, coach with everybody. He's one of these guys that's resumes, like, a thousand yards long. Right. And we were doing a story about... Um, an NFL, like uh, the Lions defensive coordinator, like two years ago, right? Uh, Chris mm-hmm. and I were. And he randomly worked with Mel Tucker about something. And Chris talked to Mel Tucker about this guy, about something else. And I can't remember what exactly he said, but there was like something he said that caught my attention. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, man, Mel Tucker has worked with like a thousand people. Right. And then you look at his resume and you're like, it's always like a top, top level winner. Like, so whenever he's. And he was at Colorado at the time. I remember thinking, like, whenever he settles in here, they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. And he comes back here in the program. The way he talks and the things that he wants to accomplish are all easier said than done. But at this stage, I expected a much better, much more disciplined, much more together team. Because I think he's the type of coach that has his shit together. He's a very, like, calm, stable, confident person. He doesn't flinch a lot. You know, like you have a conversation with him and even when we would do the Zoom things or the few that we've had in the same room with him, he's just a steady, steady guy, right? And I I didn't see any way they weren't going to be better in that first game. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see if they can stack it, but like that's exactly what I thought they would look like. Exactly what I thought they would Anything less mm-hmm. than that, I was going to be kind of like, eh, we'll see yeah. about the staff or whatever else. But like that is what I thought a Mel Tucker team would kind of, you know, how they would carry themselves, how they would play. And sort of the the style that they sort of put out there. So all things considered, I think that was very good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of uh, Colton's big takeaways, you know, when reading it was, uh, or reading his stuff post game, was yeah, was a on field performance that kind of reflected. Sure. Yeah, Mel, a, a, mm-hmm. a coach. You know, so uh, absolutely. You know, I, I, it's just something to really kind of watch as the team takes on this. Yeah. This image. All right, let's hop down the road. We'll talk on Michigan, and then we'll get into some questions. Right? I think we got some let's Twitter questions to go through. Uh, yeah, didn't see much of it. Don't think I missed much, but you know, Western <laughs> uh, kind of got. I, we said, "Here's here was my my yeah. thoughts when I was you know went to dinner that night, right after the golf tournament, and was just reading what everyone wrote about the Michigan game." Yeah. Um, the the last thing that we said about that game previewing it last week was it needs to be the most boring oh, yeah. press conference ever after the game. Nothing needs to happen Mm-mm. other than just go win by a lot, <laughs> have no moans and groans Yeah, in yeah. in the third quarter of the game when, you know, a pick six goes and suddenly it's a one possession game and everyone's right. just like, Oh my what happened? God. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, no, I ran into our, I ran into our old pal Jack Miller down in Toledo. Oh, oh nice. Oh, and, yeah. and we we yeah. were talking about it, and I made that point to him. Like, here's what needs to not happen for Michigan: no <laughs> moans and groans in the third quarter. And he was dying. He's like, "Oh, I know that Th- feeling." Those are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you can put up with a first or second quarter. Uh, you can get booed into the locker room at halftime, but you get one in the third or fourth play. Yeah. And there's a different vibration to it. I'll tell you what. Yeah, he knows exactly. Damn right. Jack knows exactly what that feels like. 2014 all over again. Yeah, right. Sorry, so, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, and it seemed like, you know, mission accomplished. Raise yeah. the banner. Raise the mission accomplished yeah. banner on that one. That uh, they, they got out of, out of there without Send off any the balloon. Design. Yeah. Ronnie Bell sucks. The one, feels, yeah. right. feels terrible about it. Um, I'm not really on board with the whole special team. Like, should be on special teams thing, but... 
Um, no, no, it's fine. The uh, <laughs> the win, you know, it's kind of that. Yeah. Do it right. This is how you're reestablishing things is by simplifying things. And this was a simple. Yeah, win. it was just get in, get out. It was. And it was like it was a really good um, exercise in a lot of areas that it tested them in a lot of areas that you were interested. I was interested to see where they would get maybe stressed. I mean, the way the game started, you know what I mean? Like it's seven, seven, right? Yeah. They went down the field yep, and yep, score yep. in the very first drive. I mean, Michigan comes out defensively after all this talk and not talk really. I mean, all this year of planning and everything else, you're going to change all this stuff. They start hot and they get a personal foul and they give up 75 yards in the first drive, right down the field touchdown. Right. Like, and so I think a lot of people are like, okay, it's seven, seven. Then they have a stall out and a field goal drive. And then it gets to third down and McNamara hits Ronnie Bell on that big heave for the touchdown and everybody kind of loosens up. But that's the point where I was like, okay, the whole, everybody's kind of been tested here. Like at that point in the game, there were a couple like groans in the first half, you know, when sure. things weren't sure. perfect. And it was testing the guys a little bit, right? Like the defense had to gather itself a bit against a team that had enough to take a couple of mistakes and turn them into a lot more. Offensively, same kind of thing. Like McNamara had to make plays. We've seen that a thousand times where it's like if the other side is shaky and your quarterback's not sure of himself. And the one thing I wrote about in the in this in the postgame story, the biggest takeaway that I had from McNamara's day, and this is before Ronnie got hurt, was it's third down and they've got a concept on it's like third and medium. And they've got an underneath route to Sandra still that would have been, you know, where you're going to go if you want to just keep the chains going, get out of Dodge. It's 10-7. Everyone's a little nervous. You punt yep. right here. You're probably getting booed again. Yep. They're also on that play running a go route with Ronnie, who had gotten screwed on the previous drive with that one-handed catch. He's the most confident player on the field. And he's, at the time, he's, you know, before he gets hurt, he's their best player. So it's either you can take the safe throw or you can take a chance with your best player. In, a huge, in kind of a critical moment, he takes the chance, they score a touchdown, and everything's fine after that. To me, that was a really big like, sign that his kind of calm um, persona, whatever, is not an act. It's like he's a very calm quarterback, and I think that's why he won the job, and that's mm -hmm. why I think he will maintain the job, regardless of, I guess if McCarthy comes in and makes like seven more of those throws, maybe we'll have a different conversation, but like... That's why he's there, and I think that that's, as anything, as much as anything, his him being calm was my biggest takeaway, I think, on the whole day. I have to ask you about offensive line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, hard to say for a couple things, because but interesting. Right. Uh, you know, next week they play, well, obviously, Saturday night they get Washington in here. Uh, Western wasn't a great defense last year. They're a group of five opponents, so you expect Michigan to, you know, roll up. Uh, against a team like that, which they did, you know, 300 plus on the ground. But, you know, I went back and watched the whole thing, and I think that the main thing to be encouraged about from a run game standpoint for Michigan, two two things. Vistardis, the center, um, and if you were watching with Jack, he would have been able to tell you this. He looked way more like, I don't know if he was hurt last year or what, but he was moving better. He looked more flexible, all these things. And you combine that with, you know, he's a super smart player. He knows everything he's doing. I tweeted out the clip of him, you know, on the false start uh, when the Western guy jumps and he pulls the ball back and gets the flag. I mean, that was all him. I mean, he's – Yeah. That's why he's on the field. But physically, there was the question of, like, is he going to be able to hold up? He was the mm -hmm. highest graded run blocker that I had on my chart, which is really impressive. I kept going – as we were going down it, I'm like, I don't know how he's still 
you know, him and Stuber were the top two guys. And I mean, Vistardis doesn't overwhelm people physically, but he's a really smart player who doesn't really make a lot of wrong steps, doesn't make any, and is always kind of in position to be in position. If he's moving around faster, then I'll give him a chance to hang in and maybe that really settles them in as they go. Uh, but that was one where I really wanted to watch. If we knew Vistardis was going to get a start, I wanted to see how he held up physically and he was their best lineman, I thought. So... Um, Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good start. We'll see how it looks in week two, though. I mean, were there... I from As far as I could tell, it seemed like, hey, you know, pretty straightforward. Not not bad. I, like, yeah. if, you're, if you're going for negatives, you have to kind of look for them, right? As oh, opposed sure, to yeah. maybe I things mean, kind of jumping out. No, they did and everything they needed to do uh, right, in that right. game. I mean, it was... You know, look, the line... There are still questions that I have there. I mean, Vistardis against the Power Five, how's he going to hold up physically? Trevor Keegan um, is a guard who is going to be good, I think, uh, but he's not all the way there yet. And then Filiaga is another one who I still, you know, I have questions about. Zach Zinner is the younger kid who I know they want to start, but he's been banged up. So there's still questions about how are you going to hold up against, you know, a Power Five team. Um, You don't have Ronnie Bell anymore now, which is a big deal. Um... You know, as you go forward, when you look for security blankets and guys in the pass game that are going to be there for you, those are questions. Who's there on a critical third down? Who can come up with the ball when you need to make a play? Because in that game, it was still Ronnie. I mean, it was he goes and scores a touchdown. He has a big the punt return that he uh, broke his or whatever he did to his foot or knee or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, was a big play. I mean, he had a that's why he was out there. I mean, people ask like, why was Ronnie out there? It was because he's. They're a young team that doesn't have a lot of guys right now that you can lean on in those positions. So, um, still a lot of questions, but as far as going out there and not self-sabotaging yourself and not making it harder than it had to be, they did all those things. Absolutely. How is their wide receiver depth to... I think it'll be okay. I mean, I think it has a chance to to be okay. I mean, you know, it'll get Henning more time on the field, which I think is good. Okay. I mean, people saw him take that 75-yard, you know, end around there. I mean, he's got game-changing speed. their fastest offensive player. So it'll get him on the field more. It'll get Roman Wilson on the field more. Um, Dalen Baldwin, I think Harbaugh said yesterday, he was actually banged up going into that game. He's the one who caught the big pass from uh, McCarthy mm-hmm. at the end. So he'll play more. I mean, they have guys that'll play more. But Ronnie Bell's, I mean, he's not just a captain. I mean, he was like the captain as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, he was the, yeah. him and Hutchinson, I guess. But like, Ronnie is one of those guys that, you know, he was a two-star recruit from nothing, from nowhere, was going to play college basketball at Missouri State, I think it was, and then mm-hmm. shows up at Michigan as a freshman who'd barely played football and was, like, immediately earning time on a team that had talent. I mean, that's Ronnie Bell. I mean, he's, like, one of their favorite, you know, program guys all the way. Um, so that's going to be a stinger for sure for them on the field uh, and off the field, but I guess, you know, the one thing about college, I guess, is that, you know, he'll still get to be around the team and all that. You'll still get that part of it, but um, definitely something they'll have to overcome because he's, you know, dependable players in college football these days, man, are <laughs> hard to come by. You don't, yeah. they don't grow on trees. Guys that you're just like, I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to give it for me. And Ronnie's had, you know, his growth as a player over the years, but he was a guy at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, he's dependable. You could hang your head on the things you're going to get from him. And not have to worry about it. And now that's one more spot where it's going to have to go to a younger guy. So 
I was I was not aware of this uh, Missouri State basketball. Connection. I think it was Missouri State. Um, yeah, that was written about. He was gonna go play. I know if I I know if this was the old M Live days and it was you and me on yeah. the team, I would have written about three thousand words on. Well, I think you were in. Maybe you were gone MVC basketball player. I think that I think it was Missouri State. I have to look that up. But yeah, he is like, and every year since the question always gets asked, like, who's the best basketball player on the team? And it was always Ronnie. Sure, still is because he's could have played in college. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that works. But all in all, um, got what they need to get done. I still have questions defensively, uh, up front, and at corner. But again, for the most part, they were able to get through a game without too many just horrible mistakes that were just, you know, you can't overcome them. And I right. guess that's the last thing I would say on the defense there before we move forward would be, you know, defensively it became more obvious as the game wore on that the way they're playing now, uh, Mike McDonald has the ability more so than Don Brown gave himself. He has the ability to hide their weak spots uh, better mm-hmm. than Brown did. You know what I mean? Like he has the ability to, they play multiple coverages. They showed, three or four different looks in the first quarter. So like if you're showing a team three or four different things, they don't, they're never really going to be comfortable with what, you know, with the guessing, they're not going to guess. And I think when you have really bad weaknesses on defense and the other, and the other side can just guess at them and pick at them all game long, you know, they're in better position to avoid that. That seemed pretty obvious to me in that game. And I think that's part of the reason why they were able to kind of get through it pretty painlessly. On the flip side of things, uh, our friends at Washington paid uh, paid, uh, Montana $675,000 for the right of uh, uh, embarrassing them. (laughs) And, I mean, I thought I saw Austin Meeks tweet that, like, would there be anything more Michigan than impressively winning its first game and then losing to a team that (laughs) got embarrassed in the first week of the season? So... I don't know. I mean, Washington is coming to Ann Arbor as a program that is like, you Looking know, for answers. It's, a, it's a feeling that a lot of people uh, can probably relate to of just, oh my God, is this going to swirl? Is this coach going to be embarrassed? Is going to be fired yeah. in, in three weeks? Like this is a loss like that to an FCS team on your home field when you are a preseason top 25 team. It just totally reorders your reality sure it does so I, I still we had no idea what washington was going to be coming in to this game or coming into the season and i feel like i still have no idea what Washington's going to be this week they yeah, can't I, possibly be that bad no no i'm sure they'll be better than that i mean like i mean those guys but all said that yesterday they're like we know who's i mean giles jackson is on that team and these guys know right. a lot of the players on that team and they know giles and i mean you know I'm going to tell you right now, we'll just say this. Like, if anybody on Michigan's team has problems this year, like, finding the motivation to take a challenge more personal than the team across the... There hasn't been one person in the college football media space that hasn't crapped on Michigan football in the last 15 yep. months in the most public and loud manner possible. Like, I just don't yep. see any way they would enter a game this year where they're not, like us against everybody else and whoever's right. not in this room can fucking go to hell. Like, right. I think that's how they're going to take every game all year. You can't always do that, as you know. We've been covering mm-hmm. sports long enough to know that mm-hmm. certain college teams can get away with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and certain yeah. ones can't. Like, the this team for Michigan can get away with that. 
The 2018 team tried that and like that revenge tour thing. That's why I think a lot of people were uh-huh. like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, what? We, no one was really, you guys were like an inch away from the national title picture <laughs> two years ago, right? Like, it's right. a different vibe. But this team, I mean, you know, sometimes those things can click and it can be pretty legitimate. So I kind of feel like that's their vibe right now. If they I'm have Michigan State, probably any, to a degree. Yeah. I'm guessing you didn't see any of Washington, Montana. I didn't. I didn't, but. I mean, it's Jimmy Lake. Like we said, I mean, he. I think he coached four games last year. Based on some new. cursory reading, yeah. uh, it seemed like there was a tremendous level of dysfunction from Washington in that game. It was not like the, uh, oh, oh, oops, we overlooked this team. It was yeah, like just not knowing what they, they're doing. They, yeah. they were not – they didn't know what they were doing right. and got just beat. Well, then so? I would say to you that <laughs> on the flip side – But then why is Michigan a one-point favorite? They well, – because everyone is gun shy. Oh, I always okay. people always people always tell me I used to say this all the time, like with the betting lines and everything. Like the Michigan lines are always weird, and everyone will be like, "Well, there can't be." You know, it takes a lot of money to move a line. I've been told by the degenerates over the years, which is true, of course, right? It takes a lot of money sure. to move a line. Sure, there are a lot of Michigan fans out there, right? And they like to bet on their team, but I think they also like to get nervous <laughs> and not bet on their team in certain situations. So. This could be that, but also like before the season, we didn't know anything about Michigan either. Up until, you know, 72 hours or whatever ago, it would have been just as, you know, possible in our minds that Michigan entered that Western game and looked like a team that had no idea what the hell it was doing on either side of the ball. No doubt. I mean, those are the things I think still kind of floating around right now. Um, But yeah, Michigan on the flip, I was going to say, did look like a team, if nothing else, that was all running in the same direction. We talked about, you know, all 11 running the ball. They're playing hard. They're going to be at home. It's going to be at night. You know, no reason for them not to be hair on fire. Biggest game of the year. Because it is the biggest game of the year. I mean, that's they're in one of those situations this year, right? Where every time out. Yeah. Yes. Michigan, Michigan doesn't always have that, you know. And, that, and that's the thing that they lose sometimes. They, you lose an edge when you're the team that, you know, like Ohio State doesn't get to do that. They don't get to do the... You know, this is this is the Super Bowl. Every you know, you have to find sure. your own way to make that up yourself. You know, you're competing against yourself. Like, no way, man. Like Michigan's in that like survival pit this year as much as anybody else is, and like that can be a powerful thing if you harness it. And um, oh, yeah. holy shit, the line is up to six and a half. So the money is yeah, it grew for sure. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's that's where they're at. So I, I I would be very surprised, and you know, to see a to see a huge dip here in terms of cohesion energy all that sort of stuff if we saw that that would be like just the worst possible sign about where this is going for michigan as he move forward here i would expect right. nothing more than the same and if not more than we saw last week. all right let's get into questions yes sir okay do you got them pulled up there because i don't have them pulled up uh, we're working on it i can pull them up in one sh- second here i know we got yeah. uh, a bunch from all over uh the more uh, random the better i have a lot of purdue responses up in my uh <laughs> Did you predict them to, like, be crappy no, or no. something? No, I, I, we, we're doing a state of the program series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. For, uh, for the Ooh. athletics college basketball side of things, which is a beautiful thing. And I kicked things off by writing some Purdue hoops. Very exciting. Go check that out to the one Boilermaker fan listening to yeah. uh, <laughs> the show here. I want to start this one from Rich Reddy, our uh, friend. Rich uh, Reddy. And, and former colleague. Did right. you? I don't know if you heard about this. Who would you want to replace Dan Deardorff and Jim Branstetter in the Michigan football radio booth next year? 
Mm. As they announced during well, shit, the we game. Already just, we already just mentioned Jack. So they are retiring. They are retiring. Did you know yes, this? Dan I did and Jim are retiring. I, 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 did, I did see this. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so, good question from Rich is, and one that people I'm sure will be talking about as time goes forward here. So, so who do you got? Yeah. Well, we already mentioned Jack Miller. I imagine okay, his, yes, his Jack name, Miller. His, his name should be in the mix. Absolutely. Um, Several years the, of experience. Look, the, question, the big question is going to be, is this just going to be the natural progression of things where they just take well, I think the John people Jansen who are already there? Right, so John, that's what I mean. Would it yeah. be John Jansen just goes from the field to the booth? I would think John Jansen's involved. I mean, take, and, he's, like, and he's wanted to do this, and he's worked with Deardorff pretty closely. And he's, does uh, Shep been get a look here? See, I don't think... I don't know because he's with the Tigers now, and I don't know. Right. Why, you know, I don't know if that's there would be some crossover. Could, and he had the um, Michigan hoops. Uh, maybe he did um, football for EMU. He did. The one football guy or the one radio guy that always gets, whenever this question comes up that I get asked about, it's people always ask like, how much would Michigan have to pay, or what would they have to do to get Dan Dickerson uh, right. out of the? Well, I mean, he'd stay in the Tigers booth, but to get him to come do radio. Sure. Um, because he's the, I mean, Dickerson is like Hall of Fame level radio sure. broadcaster, and he's done all. He did all kinds of sports before baseball. I think that's the one where um, people are always like pie in the sky when they get fantasyful about it and everything else. Um, but I would expect Jansen to be a part of that, right? Um, how much I think he's earned the, that. How much of the decision is IMG, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And John works how, with them. How much of it is their, their I think a big one decision versus Michigan internally. So I think it's a big one. I think right. that's what Michigan always says. Right. But then again, I don't know that because like when Dan got that uh, job, that was a special case because it was just like him being like, "Hey, I want to do this," and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> they're like, "We're not going to say no to Deardorff, so right. you can do this." But like beyond that, I do think IMG has a pretty significant. Um, yeah, saying that, but obviously they're not going to, you know, go with somebody that Michigan would say we don't want that person. Um, in any case, you know, they're going to be involved, but IMG has to also sign off on it. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I I always feel like on these things, you're the move when it comes to play by play guys, mm-hmm. you hire the absolute the best play by play, regardless of the best a pro affiliations. Yeah. Actually, the more objective, the better. Whether they're, whether, whether they're in, opinion, right, whether yeah. they're inside your little club or not, should not matter. Your your analyst, your color. Needs to be a homer, yeah. Needs to be <laughs> someone who gets the culture, right? Yeah. Who understands the fans. He needs to be a homer, too. And who yeah. has, like, access, right, to what yeah. the coaches are talking about and stuff. That's the mix. Yeah, absolutely. You need the guy by, who has skin in the game. Play-by-play play person the, yeah. being an insider yeah. gives you nothing. Yeah. You want you need talent there. I want an object. I want, you know, obviously, if you're Michigan's home radio person, you, you're – and you're, I am not the audience that the Michigan home fan base right. radio, you're right. So you're going to want someone there that is obviously sympathetic to, you know, the fan base's ear. But I really do think you nailed it there. It's like what you want there is the Jansen type guy who has skin in the game, who's around the program, who's going to be honest with you, but also like is in this with you. Talking to someone who's like, John, tell me what the hell's going on here. I'm a fly on the wall. What the, what the hell are we watching, right? Like you right. want the objective voice who can sort of paint the picture with the guy who can like go crazy and tell you all the little stuff so we'll see how it goes but i wouldn't be opposed to anything outside the box either i mean those are things that people are always like oh it's got to be this guy or it's got to be that guy you know you like, god know. For, oh, god forbid you get creative yeah, or, or, yeah right you never know right. or a woman who knows if it's, i don't know how if, it's gonna go if it's up to me Right. If I'm yeah. if I'm the whoever the conduit is between Michigan and IMG and actually kind of has the mm. some sway here, you know what I'm doing. What are you doing? I am. I, I'm already on the phone with Brent Musburger. <laughs> <laughs> you want people to listen? You want Musburger? you want actual people to listen to your radio broadcast like it's goddamn 1975 again? Give me Brent Musburger. <laughs> I am I am muting the TV. And I am listening to Musburger with oh, I don't care go. you put put a, to use your expression put a can of paint with him yeah. I don't care I'm, just I'm, gonna I'm go, listening I'm gonna go put a folding <laughs> chair outside that office and just, uh, or that uh, booth I want Ooh. I want gambling takes I want reactions I want well whoever it is is gonna have to put up with Madi uh, next to him for three and a half hours fuck uh, put make Madi the color commentator <laughs> yeah, with Musburger so, that's perfect there you go that would actually be yeah. pretty entertaining now that you mention it so yes. I don't know it'll be interesting but congrats to those guys of course. Uh, Jim and Dan are uh, two good dudes. Uh, Dan Deardorff, uh, guest of the show here, legendary guest of the show. Probably our most is he our most famous? Who's our most famous guest? I don't know. He's our only pro football Hall of Fame guest, I think. Right at this point, Deardorff. We don't have two. No, I, of those. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, on, on the football side, it's got to be Deardorff. We had, on the we, had, we had three mills on the basketball side, so that would be one. And Doc. We did. <laughs> Excuse me, Duncan Robinson is, is and Duncan, by far the true, Duncan yeah. is by far the wealthiest guest who has been on the show. I think at this that point. is a good point. We'll see how it Bre- goes. Breaking news into the podcast: Mark Few cited for DUI. What? How about that for random headlines of the day? When you said Mark Few, I thought I was gonna you were gonna say like he's leaving his job. 
Wow. Cited for DUI. How about that? Mark View out getting it in. Can't have it. <laughs> All right. Can't have it, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> Next question. Next question. You're fired. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's a bunch in here. Um, Carl asked about Nick, what's your reaction to Michigan State's offensive line, especially the number of guys they played? Um, he didn't have Campbell or Van Opstall on his bingo card for week one. Campbell did play. They did play, I think, eight guys, um, which is important. I thought that was good because we talked about that going into the week. Like, the depth here is still – like, you got two centers in Allen and Samak who both gave you good reps in, in week one. To me, that's a really good win. Um, Campbell had some good moments <clears throat> at both sides on tackle. I don't know if something was up with Horst while he didn't finish the game one way or the other, but – right. Anything that gets them depth at this point, I think, is important. Michigan did the same thing. Um, I think that's a, that's a big thing right now for uh, for offensive lines at this stage in the season. Like, if you've got a guy that's six, seven, or eight, like on the fringe, and you think he's he can give you anything, like, you know, throw him out there in the first week or two and see, you know, if there's something more you can find. So, if you're Michigan State, you know, maybe that's something you found there, for sure. From uh, Nick, not you. Yeah. I love this question. I love the wording of this question. How well does Cade McNamara have to play to hold off football Jesus du jour, <laughs> J.J. McCarthy, from his rightful place at the right hand of the Harbaugh? Holy shit. Du jour. Man, that is a beauty right there. But it's... also a very valid question, yeah. right? Because we already saw it. McCarthy comes in, throws one pass. And Can't hide it people, forever. There's people out here already <laughs> just, you know, make him the starter. What is even going on at Michigan? You know, blah, blah, blah. They're going to go with the game manager over the talented guy. You know, I have no I have no clue who's better off doing it. But he's right. The, the premise of the question is right. Like, McNamara is going to have to be showing up week in and week out and, right. and performing at a That's level right. that, make, that makes this not a conversation. And that is – hundred percent. That is a hundred percent what it is. It is something that he has to do here, um, fair or not. And it's probably something that they talked about going into the season. Like mm-hmm. this kid is going to come off the bench in one of these games and rip one. And you've seen him come out here in these practice fields and everyone's going to see it. And we're not going to be able to hide it forever. And you're going to have people who don't know anything about anything saying you need to be benched and this kid needs to play. Yeah. So, how well does he have to play to answer Nick's question is he has to play he has to play he can't make mistakes. Like if he starts turning the ball over or the offense stops moving, the conversation changes because his talent quotient, as we've seen with his arm, is not as high as what we would talk about with a guy like McCarthy. McCarthy, on the other hand, you know, when they left spring, wasn't ready to lead the offense. Didn't have as much success drive to drive in camp as as McNamara did because he didn't have the full grasp of the offense. You would expect though that if he's the two, he's going to continue to get reps and that will improve. So he's got to do all the things that got him here to be the steady hand that he you know showed and which is if you go nine of eleven for 150 yards and a touchdown and you don't turn the ball over and the team runs for 300 yards and you score 40 points, no one is going to be complaining about JJ yeah, right. McCarthy. And if and they are. The game- if they are complaining in that situation, they're they're just don't they're hot air balloons. You don't listen to them anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. I mean, I think it's winning just winning games and making the throws that you have to throw. Right, you can't be missing open guys. You can't yeah, the offense hop, has one to be hopping basic right. basic passing. You know, missing guys on third down stuff. It's just like anything else. Um, you can't be making but, mistakes but that you 
winning. You can't be making mistakes that you can't erase because McCarthy has the talent eraser. He has the arm to get you back. He can get those back. McNamara, you know, it's all the things we've talked about. It's the difference between, you know, the guy who has to do everything. His, his margin is just shorter. It's not like the game manager versus the talented kid. Like, this is, right. that's a ridiculous. Right. Like the the crappy guy versus the talented kid, like that's not really what this is. But that's um, how people talk about it. Am I wrong? You know, I know. Like, I yeah. the more I've learned about football over the years, the the more I've come to understand that there might not be a more ridiculous knock on a quarterback than the guy. He's just a game manager, and it's like, well, you understand what yeah, right. quarterback's job is. Yes, like right. it's to make sure the game goes the way it's supposed to go. For the love of God, and yeah. if there's mistakes that are made. It's also his job, because you know, he's in the easiest position, to erase them. McNamara doesn't have as much talent in his right arm as McCarthy does, but right now he's got a leg up on him with experience and all these other things, and his job is to make sure that that distance stays there. Because everything we saw from McCarthy on week one screams, he's probably going to be more ready faster than most freshmen. Right. It might not be out of the realm of possibility that by the end of the season he's ready. Right? And it might not be out of the realm of possibility by the end of the season they have a ability to find a role for him. Because the other thing I would mention to you is that that throw happens in McNamara's first start. Win. First starting win, I should say. Uh, to start the season, he's the starter, all this stuff. He gets asked a question about it in the postgame. First game. Hey, what'd you think of the freshman? He doesn't blank or sigh or whatever or like tiptoe around it. He gave a really good answer and moved on and was like, right. whatever. We won the game. I want to win the game. He didn't make it a big deal. He didn't do anything. It was perfect. And to me, so far, he has the sort of, he displays that sort of whatever of a natural, true, authentic leader who's not faking it. Right. Who's not standing on the sideline wincing when he sees McCarthy rocket 170 yards and being like, oh, shit. Well, I can't do that. And I don't know how many more days I'm going to be able to hide the fact that he's better than right. me. Right. That is not what this is. I do not get that sense. I have gotten that sense before in situations like this. That is not what this is, I don't think. Mm. And uh, I could be wrong, but so far, that's that's what this is projecting to me anyway. But it is an interesting conversation. It's one that won't go anywhere, and nor should it. I mean, McCarthy's a talented player. You know, it's you should be able to talk about those guys. I think that that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So as long as everybody keeps their perspective on that, I think everything should be fine. Yeah. From Robert. I'm not a big Harbaugh guy, but does he get treated differently by the media? Bell being on punt return just seems to be blown way out of proportion. Jalen Waddell got hurt on special teams yeah. last year. Yeah. Every team does it, and Michigan has done it for, uh, dec for decades. Charles Woodson won a Heisman Trophy here uh, uh, with his Heisman moment yeah. being a punt return for a touchdown. And Desmond Howard, uh, I don't know if – I don't know if you ever saw Desmond Howard. You ever heard of Desmond Howard, Brendan? You know who he is. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Des, do you know what Desmond Howard is famous for? A Heisman pose Listen, after a punt just, return can I can touchdown. I, can I tell you, Nick? Frankly, if, if I hadn't heard of Desmond Howard, he would have made sure that I had. Yeah, he would have called you. He would have found this Zoom information and hacked into it and told you about it. But yeah, no, I just I agree. I I don't know if he's being treated different or whatever in that situation. Uh, but no, I don't make anything of that. I, I would mean, say your best player is going to play. Punt return is important. You can't screw around with that either. It's not. It's not a throwaway. Not a throwaway job. I don't know. Look, I know. First of all, I didn't pay. I haven't paid nearly enough attention to know how what the reaction was to 
Well, anytime uh, somebody gets hurt on special teams, that's the reaction. That's always you lost. that. I was yeah. going to say that. I think it's natural to second right. guess things just when it doesn't go your way. Sure. Um, whether that's a media thing, whether that's I don't know how fans reacted. Well, he got asked about it. Harbaugh got, it. Harbaugh got asked about it. Um, that's a normal you know, question. The situation. To ask. So, you know, I don't think anything is malicious there or whatever. But it's just like no. I mean, I think that we're at a point with football these days where it's so competitive now, and everybody just gets into every single. Th- I mean, look. Kickoff is different because you can take a kickoff now inside the 25. You don't have to field it. You can just let it go. Right. You know, the injury risk has gone way down on kickoffs. You know, within 10 years, maybe we won't even have a kickoff. I Part of mm-hmm. me, big part of me thinks the only reason we have a kickoff still in football is because the NFLPA protects it for, you know, roster spots and jobs. Sure. But punt, I mean... What happens when you fumble a punt, ladies and gentlemen? Right. Yeah, right, right. You right, lose, right. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, punt right. return is an incredibly important position. Incredibly important. And the fact that they didn't have anybody else and they had to bring in Caden Kolasar, the walk-on, probably tells mm-hmm. you where they were at. I assume that they were trying to maybe find ways to take that off Ronnie Bell's plate. But it's the same conversation we used to have with Harbaugh when Peppers did it um, mm-hmm. all the time. It was like, when do you want to take that off his plate? And Harbaugh was like, when I find somebody else on this team that can catch a punt like Jabril Peppers can, we'll take it off his plate. But until then, he's the guy returning the damn punt. Like, that's how it's going to go. So, yeah. I mean, you have to do that. That's just how it is. Um, and I don't – you hate to I see like it, it, but I mean, it, it is I, what I, it is. It is still a play in a football game. Punt return, majorly important. It's the not punt, like it just yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. So. Oh God. Yeah. Like I said. I mean, what happens if you get one blocked? What happens if you drop one or you score? Like right. I mean, like it changes everything. Everything. And, and the other team has to react to you. Remember the right. one game when goddamn D'Antonio took like seven timeouts? Yeah. So many because, things. Just because Peppers yeah. was on the field, like you. So you need many to, things like, can go wrong. Throw, I mean, throw a threat into the other. Uh, Michigan the other has team. lost a game in Michigan Stadium. In the Paul Bunyan rivalry, what on a punt drop. I don't know if oh, you heard yeah. of that one. It was kind of a big deal, <laughs> the punt game. So yeah, no, I mean we're definitely at a point nowadays where you gotta play your, you gotta play your best guys for sure, especially a punt returner. And I would, you know, for Michigan, that's gonna be another spot they have to fill. You know, it's and it's a question you have to ask yourself of, are you going to take a chance with a younger guy like Henning who can mm-hmm. run, who maybe you're not as trustworthy with his hands yet, or Hey, if Caden Kolasar is the guy who can catch pop flies all day and never drop it, and but he never returns one, then maybe that's what you do because you, you just can't be turning the ball over. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if that kid in Michigan Stadium who caught three punts in the first half and the fans, uh, you didn't see yeah. the game. Yeah. Kid, fan, 500 bucks, survey him. Find out how he did it. Get somebody back there to catch the, That's all you're doing at this point. Fair catch. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it, unless you have like an extraordinarily – talent who can break runs then just go with the safest safest option. bet yeah right right exactly right. yeah all the way i agree with that all right. what else we got here we do a couple more and ride out here um what is here's from chris what is the biggest part of the game of football that at bf oh yeah i saw that one has a yeah. hard time grasping <laughs> i mean i don't i grasp the game i <laughs> i understand the premise of football i watch i watch it yeah uh it's one of those things, like, and I feel like it's like anything, any other sport for other people that, like, unless your mind, like, is fully engaged in it, like, it's your thing, like, you just feel it and yeah. receive it. Yeah. 
and then I just don't retain things. Like there's so many. There's, yeah, there's I, so see, many, I know what you're saying. There's so many fucking players. You know I don't even I know is, how anybody remembers who all. Do these you know what I think is different? <laughs> you know what I think is different about football, and I think it's the same okay. way. I think it's the same way with hockey, and I could be wrong. <laughs> Um, but let me ask you, everyone that you know who likes yeah. sports has yeah. played basketball at one mm-hmm. point in their life, right? You've picked up a ball and you've played in a pickup game or whatever, right? Like, they're not everybody that you know has played in a real football game, like 11 yes. on 11 with pads and helmets and like at any level, right? Of like I, I, never, I never played football. Right, and I think that there's a lot of people, right. there's a lot of sports writers who are amazing football writers who know a ton about the game who are far smarter than I. Right. Um, and I'm so I'm not saying this at all, but I do think for the general public, it's definitely like if, if you can't put yourself in the shoes of that person in the moment, like mm-hmm. you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like you don't understand how difficult, like that's why I think a lot of times we, we see the uh, the football fan always just like shit on the coach being like, I don't want to hear about these goddamn fundamentals one more time. Like, what is this team football bullshit? Well, you know what? It's actually like incredibly accurate. And like if one thing does go wrong, the whole thing goes to hell. But it's like unless you've been there and really seen it, like how right. it can go that way. I think football, like you said, there's so much going on. That it's like, it's complicated. It's easy to get lost. I think it's easy to get like, I don't know what that was. I'm just going to go to the next one. Because there's another one coming in 30 seconds here and and moving forward. Right. And at the end of it, everyone's pretty I, much had a good time. So, <laughs> whatever. There are an, like, it's really, like, just talking with you, like, even watching games live, like, back when we were in the, yeah. in the press box together. Like, there's, there's just a lot to watch at once. And, like, you just, you know, yeah. when you... When a play is happening live, say it's a pass play, right? Quarterback drops back, and and you're watching it in real time, right? Like I'm going to be watching the ball. The ball, yes. I'm watching the quarterback, right? Right. You, I'm not watching. Are, the you are aware of what the quarterback's doing, but you are watching what the safety is reading or yeah. whatever. You're watching the route, yeah. whatever the hell's or the routes that are being run, right? Like, and that's just like I just don't watch it that way because yeah. whatever, man. Like I'm just like a fo- like I'm a football fan. I enjoy exactly football. I enjoy I I love going to games. Mm-hmm. I love all that shit. So like I get it. Yeah. I just don't understand it at your level. It's the and, no, it's, and really nor do I have any interest. And in and honestly, most level. people most people shouldn't <laughs> want to. Like that's the thing that I would say to people. Like it actually can take away from your enjoyment of it. You know, to a degree, if you want to get mm-hmm. like super you know, nuanced about it. That's what Chris and I always say. Like, that's our job. We can do that. But like, you guys can just like watch it because it is something where like hockey, you don't have to have, I don't think like a super intense knowledge. People think that you have to, people think, I think people end up getting scared, not scared is probably the wrong word, but they get like intimidated by the sports complexity maybe. And then once they start watching it they always they always come back to you like man i did i never thought i would like it that much and then they always mm-hmm. like it because like i can't figure out why but there's always something that happens throughout the course of a game or 17 sure. different things you know that you see or whatever so i think people end up confusing themselves more often with football than is ever necessary because you know they've never played it because it's like one of those rare right. you know you don't pick up a helmet in your backyard and play football <laughs> you know it's just not the right, thing you do right, so right, right. and I it's I, like there's this it's the same thing applies in across all sports Every, too. Yeah. like the 
like talk about golf, right? Like, oh god, yeah. there's a lot of people that go and play golf, and then you know, if you want to have like a real conversation about like what player is doing what, what kind of shot shapes that they can have and stuff like that, and they're just like, oh no, I don't, you lost me there, yeah, right? No idea. And and I I can kind of talk at that level, but then I talk to like some of the people that are out there like on tour, mm-hmm. and they're talking about like their spin rates, and they're talking about this and that, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get it, I know what you're talking about, but like. Right to watch a shot in real time and be able to like diagnosis at that level, like yeah, I don't think that's happening, right? Like I just you just, just have there are to, people that yeah. have only done that thing. Yeah, that's what for I mean. The last yeah, twenty years. Well, that's you know what, what I'm saying. I mean? Like it would take a normal person four hours to grade one quarter of football. It would take yeah, yeah, a coach yeah. forty minutes. You know, like whatever, maybe not forty minutes, but like it's as complicated as you want to make it. But at the end of the day, you know, there are still simple. Truths, but, but yeah, like, you get lost I, with football. I, I do kind that. of feel like we're getting to a place of like, if sports writers talked more about this, absolutely, and That's... talked and talked about like, and we're, job. and we're we're honest though, honest with the limitations of like what yeah. they can and can't comprehend in real time, like that's, yeah, I think it would be far more. Um, beneficial for both sides, the readers and the writers, of Look. just like here's what's actually happening i'm not trying to masquerade yeah. or 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 like use information and 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 make it seem like it's my own when like a coach told me that like i don't right. you know what i mean like you know what i mean like and the like everyone has their own talent you don't need to prop it up right. as as something else you know what i mean like no. the the talent of being able to um organize those ideas into a like readable <laughs> comprehensive piece that like fits into 800 words a thousand yeah. words 15, that's your talent that you can yeah. do right mm-hmm. um you just have to fill it with the right information and i say this to people all the time and again we talked about this a couple weeks ago like if you've listened this far you've earned your uh, tip of the week here another uh, <laughs> uh we gave you the tip about the keeping the pockets full in 2021 as same as it was in 2020, 2019, 20 whatever, the film is a source. It's the yes. same thing as a coach for you. Right. But the difference is this. You have to understand what is happening and you have to be honest and objective with yourself about what you do and do not understand when you're looking through it. It took me years of watching mm-hmm. this stuff over and over and over to a point of getting comfortable and having conversations with people about these things to feel comfortable enough to write it. But like, that is something that people, yeah, absolutely. Sports writers need to explore that more in all sports. The film is a source. It is the source. It's the thing that we all saw, but we Mm -hmm. all didn't see it the same, right? Like we all, there are things that you see in this that I don't. And I think those are valuable things that sometimes we overlook that um, absolutely readers and consumers will say um, are always looking for that stuff for sure. And there are, coaches who are willing to engage in those conversations and, and always if you and know then there are and then there are others who don't do that and then you, right complain right when you you know are, if are you take the time <laughs> if you take the time to understand the basic parameters right of their language and when i say their language i mean like the intimate language of their sport by while also you know going to them with humility and knowing that I don't know everything about this, which is why I'm asking you. But if you can kind of meet them halfway and have a conversation that they don't have to dumb down, uh, it changes a lot. Like that's a completely different scenario. So 
there you go. For all you uh, eager listeners out there on your budding journalism careers, uh, there's, there's some tips for you as you go forward. <laughs> Fetch, Fetch Me asks, any new Michigan uniforms planned for Saturday? I saw some Twitter grumbling, or not grumbling, or rumbling, oh, I should say. Maybe. Somebody tweeted something about, are we, uh, are we going to see a color rush? Situation I, I possibly. We've seen the all maize and all blue before. Okay. We've seen the all blue. We've seen we've seen all white, obviously. Uh, yes, the all white as well because of the roads. But right. the all blue, Adidas did the all blue. We have not seen a Nike all blue. I would be curious to see if we see a Nike all blue under the lights. Hmm. I don't know though. I don't know what would be better. But they did the all blue under the lights. The one. The one. Time. This is a night game this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, one, the one time okay. they played somebody, they did the all blue pants and the blue, blue pants, blue uh, jersey. Hmm. Interesting. But what did you think? Could so I got a lot. Of, I got a little traction. I threw some, threw some shit at Michigan State's way. Yeah. I love the helmet. Oh yeah, the script. You got to have the jersey, sharp. the uniform to go with it. I agree. It. I agree. Terrible combination. It was a weird, like, it just didn't feel right. At least they no. spelled it right, unlike Indiana's situation. Oh, did you yeah. see that? Where they spelled Indiana <laughs> I, I wrong on that one poor kid's jersey? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it was a little weird. Michigan State has too many. They have too many, like, for me mm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, pick three of them and go with three of them. One of them, well, I think... certainly don't mix and match. No. Like, yeah. the Gruffy logo you can is change them. You can change them season by season if you want. Like... Right. Hey, so 2021, we're going to have, this is our home, this is our way, and this is our, like, offshoot. Next year, maybe it looks a little bit different. But, like, pick some kind of a lane here and not just have, yeah, well, we're wearing the pants from week one, the shirt from week two, and, like, the script helmet. Like, that's what it looked like on Friday. The helmet, though, was pretty pretty damn cool. I will say that. Helmet. Helmet is sweet, and if you had a plain white jersey with yeah. the gruffy on the sleeve, that'd be pretty good, right? That uh, all kind of matches. That'd be that'd be sweet. That script lettering they do it for the basketball jerseys there too is, uh, and that's really, a, that's really a good. great look. Mm-hmm. You can't have different fonts. No, absolutely not. No, yeah, jeez. Uh, well, I know, that's I know, le- so, I know yeah. less about design than I do about football, and even <laughs> I know that you can't have two different fonts. Well, get it, get um, it together, gang. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, Do we have anything else? It wasn't befitting of their performance. We'll say that. Uh, no, I think that's a good way to uh, wrap it up. Michigan, Washington yeah. on Saturday night. Michigan State, Youngstown during the day. Things are picking what? up here, heating up. Right, Everyone's a off. In two weeks. Both teams are one to no man. No one has uh, cut their ear off yet. Uh, no one is freaking out. So hey, we're okay. Uh, yeah, plenty of time, my friend, <laughs> and uh, we will be back next week. To talk about all of it. <laughs> Whether it is or it isn't, uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers.